Good morning. Making you wait a second this morning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor with us today, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew right in front of you. If you want to take one and fill it out, you'll just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. I have several announcements for you this morning, and I know you're so excited about it, but here we go. Um, so first thing, I'm still collecting money. Um, if you <laughs> are going to the Salamanders game, which is the week of the 410 project, so it'll be June 21st, it's a Friday. If you're going to that game and you signed up, I need your money for tickets today, please. It is $10 per ticket. Um, that includes for you to get into the game, and it includes an all-you-can-eat wristband while you're at the game. Um, so you can watch the game and eat all the food you want. It's great, okay? Um, so I need that today, please. Um, here's the other thing. The 410 Project, we are having meals available um, for you guys, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But here's the deal. We need to know if you're coming so that we can prepare those meals. So here's what I've done. This is a binder full of sign-up sheets, okay? It has breakfast, lunch, and dinner for Monday through Friday in here. You have to flip through and sign up for each meal because we don't know if you want chicken casserole or if you want a salad or if you like cheese on your sandwich or you don't. I don't know that. So if you don't want cheese on your sandwich, you got to write that down, okay? So this is what this is for, this binder. It's going to be out in the atrium. You just take a minute and go out there and fill out the things. If it's a lot for you to do, you can come back and do it next week. It'll be available then too. Um, but we need you to get that done, okay? So this binder, if you're planning to eat for the 410 Project, we need to know. If you're not in here, you're not eating. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, Mapleview Farm, if you signed up to go with us to the farm this afternoon, we're meeting here at 145. The bus will be pulling out of the parking lot at 2 o'clock. Um, if you don't want to ride the bus, that's cool. You can carpool if you'd like. Um, but we will be leaving at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Please dress cool because we will be outside for a little while. Um, there will be a 410 leaders meeting, um, team leaders meeting tomorrow night, Monday at 7 o'clock in the fellowship hall. So if you are a team leader, please do not forget that that meeting is tomorrow night. There will also be a dental team meeting this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. So if you have signed up to help with the dental team um, for the 410 Project, you will be meeting this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Also, there is an impromptu prayer service uh, tonight at 6.30, um, meeting in the fellowship, fellowship hall. hall. Okay. Um, meeting in the fellowship hall to pray over all the goods that were collected yesterday um, for all the projects that we have coming up. And then um, I think you're also going to be helping move some of those materials uh, down to the basement as well. So if you'd like to come out to that, that'll be tonight at 6.30. Um, and then on the sides, this big stack of paper that you see on this side and this side, these are our prayer journals. Um, thank you. This is, yes, right here. Um, this is our prayer journal for the 410 Project. And so what, what 
has happened is we've gotten people to share some of their experiences that they have had through various mission trips or different ways that they have served in the community um, or in communities not not just here um, and so they've shared those experiences and then they are offering kind of an insight for you to see um, how that service what that service has meant to them um, and then a prayer at the end of that and that is just kind of a guide for us to begin praying well we have already been praying but to continue praying for the 410 project um, and so that is designed for you to go all the way through June so starting June 1st all the way to the end of June um, so that we are covering the 410 project in prayer so if you will grab one of these on your way out the door this morning that would be great um, prayer concerns so have a lot of those too so just bear with me um, Joanne Thomas will be having an MRI on her knee so we want to be praying for her uh, Judith Nance will be having a bone scan on Wednesday Roger Worrell will be having some more testing done so we want to continue praying for him uh, Grace Berry will be having surgery on Tuesday uh, to remove her tonsils and adenoids um, so we want to be praying for her uh, Joe Schaub is home Anthony Harrington is home and then um, we want to be praying for the Dorothy Jackson family um, her memorial service will be this coming Tuesday at 11 a.m. Um, and then reception following in the fellowship hall yes and then we also want to be praying for the Betty Lou Burns family uh, so tentative plans that we have we don't have times as of right now um, but we're looking at a service on Wednesday at the Stanley Funeral Home in Albemarle. Then we'll have internment on Thursday at Jones Chapel with a reception immediately following here at Flat Springs. Um, so we'll be getting all that information out to you as, as we know times and that sort of thing. Um, but just wanted you to have an idea so that you can tentatively start to plan that. Okay, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, wow, what a lot of things we have going on here at Flat Springs Baptist Church. God, I'm so thankful for each one in the many different ways that, that we are serving you, Lord. God, I pray that you would continue to just guide and lead us in all those ways of service. God, I want to lift up all these prayer concerns that we mentioned just now. God, we know that you know each one. We know that you know the needs, Lord. You've heard the prayers. God, I just pray that you be with each family that is facing difficult challenges and, and things that they're just not sure about, God. I pray that you be with them and that you would comfort them. God, I pray that you be with us now as uh, we enter into a time of worship and that we would um, focus our minds on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Okay, we'll all stand and sing 136, Are You Washed in the Blood? pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here on this beautiful Sunday morning. And please, Lord, let us keep sight of your glory and what you've done for us, our many blessings you've bestowed upon us, and thank you for your grace upon us, the undeserving. Bless us now and bless us for these offerings. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
We'll continue standing and turn to 132. There's power in the blood.
Yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't like him. Okay, that's very smart. I think that's good. You've got a plan. I like that. All right. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Okay, so I have something to show you today, and this is, this is kind of old, okay, but it's the best I got. All right, so there's five people in this picture right here. Do you recognize anyone in it? Who? Me. I'm in the middle. The only girl, right? You see it? Yeah? Okay. So this guy right here, that's my dad. His name's Carrie. Okay. That lady right there, that's my mom, Caroline. Well, my mom's a lady. That's not a girl. Okay. Okay. So. Caroline, how about that? Okay, so my mom's Caroline, then me, Taylor, okay, then Josh, that's my young, he's the oldest younger brother, okay, does that make any sense? No, okay, we'll get back to that. So there's Josh, okay, they're both taller than me, and then John Mark, he's the baby, okay, you know, see, that's him. Okay, so this is my family, right? Okay, have you, guys, have you guys ever seen them before? Have they ever come to church before? They've come before, but they've kind of snuck in, and so you didn't quite see them. But they live in um, Richmond, Virginia, which is like three and a half hours away from here. Um, so Ms. Taylor doesn't get to see them all that much, but I get to see them sometimes. Um, but my family is very important to me. Is your family very important to you? Do you love your family? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they get on your nerves, right? Yeah, if we're being honest, they do. They, these boys got on my nerves some. Um, but your family, you love them because they're there for you, right? They're there for you in hard times. They're there to teach you about things. Your mom and dad taught you things, right? They fed you when you couldn't feed yourself. They helped you learn how to walk and not bump your head when you were wobbling around trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, and they're also there for you in times of joy and when you're so happy because you're so excited about something. Maybe you did really good on a test and they put it up on the refrigerator for everyone to see that you did such a good job, right? Families are really important. All those things that I just mentioned are really important for families to do, to support one another, to love one another. But do you know what is one of the most important things you can do as a family? What do you think it is? What? Um, if you had to guess. Where are we right now? Church. We're at church. And what are we doing at church? Yes, ma'am. We can pray together. Absolutely. What are, why do we come to church? What do we do here? To worship God and to learn more about God, right? When we go to Sunday school? Yeah. So Pastor Gary is going to be talking this morning about families and what's important for families to do and I believe one of the most important things that you and your family can do is learn about God together, pray together, come to church together and encourage one another in your faith because that is so 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 important. Um, I've told you guys before but this guy, my dad, Carrie, he's a minister too and he really encouraged me 
um, in my walk with Jesus, in learning about him and in, in growing and learning more. And so did my mom. And they were very, very important in that. And so we share that as a family. We all share that love for God and for learning about him and for going to church um, because it's so, so important. And so um, next week when you guys are getting ready to come to church and mom or dad or grandma or grandpa are trying to get you ready and they're like, come on, we got to go. We got to, you know, you got to put your clothes on. You got to brush your hair, brush your teeth, all that good stuff. Try not to fight them on it, okay, because they're trying to get you here and do a good thing, okay? So we're going to be excited about coming to church as a family, okay? Does that sound good? All right. Let's say a prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the earthly families that you have given us, God. God, we thank you for our church families as well. God, I just pray that you be with us as families and that we would encourage one another um, to grow and learn more about you so that we can love you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 through 8. With perfect peace, you will protect those whose minds cannot be changed because they trust you. Trust the Lord always because the Lord, the Lord alone, is an everlasting rock. He has brought down those who live high in the towering city. He levels it. He levels it to the ground and throws it into the dust. Feet trample it, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the road of the righteous smooth. Certainly we wait with hope for you, O Lord, as we follow the path of your guiding principles. We want to remember you and your name. Good morning. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we gather in this place in your presence. But Lord, most often it's a quiet presence. Oh, you're here. You're here right now with good answers to hard questions, with peace in the midst of storms. You're here to guide us in decision-making that could make a difference in our families, in our community, in our future. You're here, O oh Lord. And you desire, O oh Lord, to speak to each one of us very individually. We have sung of the blood and asked, are we washed? Are we cleansed? Have we laid aside those garments stained with sin? And Lord, you're asking us about the sin of last week. 
about choices, about decisions, about attitudes, about desires, about how we deal with temptation. Oh, you're here, oh Lord. And you're very quietly, but very clearly asking us And Lord, as we begin to focus upon that, it causes us just a little bit of discomfort. Because it's easier to deny our sin than it is to confess it. It's easier to say everybody's doing it than to say I don't need to do it. It's easier to say, well, there's a new day in town than to say, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Lord, you're here. And we so thank you for your presence. And we thank you for your power. Power to change our lives and our eternity. Power to change our families. But Lord, we've got to hook into that power in the way that you've taught us to do so. So Lord, as we pause to pray, in a time that is so busy here at the church, but busy for you, O oh Lord, in a time when there are so many with struggles, especially physical struggles right now, people who are grieving, people who are dealing with sickness, dealing with living in aging bodies. Dealing with life. Dealing with the struggles that will be there for us tomorrow. Those normal struggles and those we don't even know about yet. And yet, oh Lord, we know you are the knower of all. And you can prepare us today for the struggles of tomorrow. If we will but tap into your presence and say yes to you, oh God. Hear us now as we confess our sins. Things we said we shouldn't have. Things we watched we shouldn't have. Things we thought we shouldn't have. Things we did we shouldn't have. Things we should have done. We should have thought. We should have said. We left undone. Hear us as we confess to you, O oh God. And hear us as we pray as David after he confessed his sin. As we pray, create in us a new heart, O oh God. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. And our prayer is, O oh God, that you wash us. That you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You remove that sin as far as the east is from the west. And remember it no more. 
and strengthen us by your spirit, O God, that we might stand strong against the, the wielding of the devil when he comes against us the next time. God, only you can do that, and that's why we're here. And now we pray, oh God, do that. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
Thank you, choir. Oh, I love that song. As you noticed, Brad was filling in for us today. Brad's not feeling well, but he's here. And the choir sounded well. Thank you all. Well done. Well done. Have you noticed anything's not quite right in the sanctuary today? Somebody has. Come on now. The numbers over here, they're not right. How many of y'all noticed that? Well, why didn't you say anything? I just asked you if you knew anything was wrong. It wasn't Brad's fault. I want to tell you, I'm going to give you a heads up. It's 134. That's our hymn of, invita in, hymn of invitation and decision. Jesus paid it all, 134, so you know. There's an old story. I've told it three or four times, but you know by now that doesn't stop me from telling it again. Amen? The story is about the, the young lady that was getting ready to get married, and she was cooking chicken. And her mother came and was showing her how. And said, well, the first thing you do is you take the whole chicken and you cut it in half. And she said, okay. And said, then you put it in the pot. She said, put the whole chicken in the pot? She said, yeah. Well, why do we cut it in half? Some of you know the story, amen? Don't get ahead of me. You stay back here with me, okay? She said, I don't know why we cut it in half. My mama always cut it in half. Well, let's ask Grandma why we cut it in half. Call Grandma and say, Grandma, why we cut the chicken in half? Grandma said, I don't know, because my mama always cut it in half. Well, let's call Great Granny and see. Great Granny, why'd you always cut the chicken in half? She said, because I didn't have a pot big enough to put a whole chicken in. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell us about that story. Some of us have spiritual things passed down to us that we do, that we don't have a clue why. And we don't even know if it's good or not. We don't even know if it makes sense or not. And I'm going to go a little further. Some of the stuff that's been passed down to us is pure rotten. If I read on Facebook about one more person getting their angel wings, I'm going to scream. You're not going to be an angel when you get in heaven. You're going to be above the angels. That'd be a demotion for you to go to heaven and be an angel. You'd be demoted. You'd be less than what Christ came to die. Don't say that anymore. Next time anybody Facebooks that, you put a thumbs down, okay? Say, no, they didn't either. Bad theology. So-and-so is looking down on heaven at us. No, they're not. If they had to look at our mess... Heaven would not be heaven. Stop that. That's heresy. That's not good theology. You didn't get that out of God's word. Stop it. There's a lot of stuff, folks. And we've never tested it. How do you test it? I'm glad you asked. In God's holy word. That's our, that's our measurement. I tell you what, there are a lot of Christians. I'm fixing to go to meddling. I ain't even got to the scripture yet. There are a lot of people 
that they don't ever read the Bible. They come to class and they let somebody tell them what to do and that person may be well prepared or not. But whatever they say, that's what they take. The Bible says we're to study God's word, to show ourselves approved, a good workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't listen to what his preacher tells you. If I say anything that's suspect, go to God's word. You check it out yourself. You see if what I'm telling you is truth. Because you are a priest before God just like I am. I know everybody wants a preacher to come pray. I don't have an inside track. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that. That might let my stock go down. But I don't. I don't have an inside. I don't have God's ear any better than anybody else. Every believer who's been born again has the ear of God when they pray. And God is listening to every one of us. None of that's in my sermon yet. Here we go. Well, a little of it was. If you have your Bibles, I'm starting today a series on the family. And I'm going to scare you with what I'm going to tell you, but it's what I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to preach the rest of the year on the family till December. Every sermon. Okay? Because the family is in trouble. And God's word has the answer to the problems in the family. And we're just going to spend time in God's word focused on the family. We're going to start today in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of God's holy word. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. This thing was so full of preaching material, my goodness. To Timothy, my beloved child, it wasn't his biological child, it was his spiritual child. It was his spiritual son, he calls him. Grace and mercy and peace. What do you need in your life? Grace. What else do you need in your life? Mercy. What else do you need in your life? Peace. From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. If you write in your Bibles and you underline the word sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And now I am sure, I love that, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you, this is good, to fan and to flame the gift of God. Other translations say to stir the fire of your faith. To fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. His gift was the call to ministry. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Pray with me. God, oh, would you grab us? And would we reach out and grab you? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Have you ever thought about where most folks find their way of doing family? 
Anybody here who's recently been married, you know, figuring out family, it ain't quite as easy as we might think. There are challenges. You know, what do you do when you marry somebody who doesn't know they're supposed to squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom end up, amen? Isn't that a problem? Isn't that a problem? Then middle squeezers, we need to pray for middle squeezers. Little things, there's just so many little things. There are lots of little things, aren't there? And my goodness, aren't we all grateful that we've discovered the internet because we can figure out everything with the internet. Oh my goodness, God help us. You know, our culture has in the last 20 years had to come up with all kind of words that describe the family. Now listen, I know we live in the world. I know we've got all kind of families in our church. And it breaks my heart that we're there. But I sometimes say, Gary, as pastor, should you be so careful not to offend anybody? And I don't want to offend anybody ever. I don't ever want to do that. But the Bible says I've got to preach the word in season and out of season, whether it's popular or unpopular. I've got to preach the word. And I also think of all of our young folks that are coming up. And my goodness, I hope you're already praying hard for Lydia and Dylan as they're about to graduate from high school and head out into a weird world. And I've got to let the young people know that family, you got choices right now. You guard your heart. The Bible says don't be unevenly yoked. And it doesn't say that because it's trying to inconvenience you. It's trying to protect you spiritually that you can move into God's grace as heirs together in his great riches. Some of the words, single parent family, step family. Grandparent families where the grandparents are raising the children. Blended families. Unmarried families. Same-sex families. Our culture is a mirror in which... Here's... I ain't got time. Oh my gosh, am I so full. Our culture is driving an agenda and then holding up a mirror to say, when you follow our agenda... See how normal you look. And I want to tell you, either the culture's wrong or God's word's wrong, but they're not both right. They're not both right. They can't be both right. And so today we've got to decide which one's right. How are we going to live our life? And I want to tell you, God's word, and I, and I prayed that prayer very purposefully, God is a quiet presence. And the world's presence is in neon lights and through megaphones. It plays through your radio and through your CD player and on your television. And it's talked about at the water cooler. And it's talked about at the locker in the hallway at school. And we've got to decide. Our culture has seen what once was tragedy and now it calls it the norm. By modeling through us the people that we admire, celebrities, sports stars, politicians, some who've been married so many times they're not sure how many times. It's become obvious that we entertain, our, we entertain ourselves 
with what the culture now on steroids is trying to shape our families. Have you ever noticed that every time there's a medicine that comes out in about six months, you know, they advertise medicines on TV. Do your, does your doctor love for you to go tell them, I saw a TV commercial and it said I ought to tell you that I need this medicine. Don't, I, I remember Dr. Freeman, he used to hate that. But anyway, you can tell I did it a couple of times, but anyway. When that medicine comes out, about a year later, there'll be a lawyer coming out and say, did you take that medicine? You may be entitled to money now. Do you see how the culture works? Do you see how it works? It, it, it's, it's, I've told you, it's all about selling soap. And if, you, if we could believe that and we understand that when they do those TV programs, when they do those, when they do, it isn't about their message. It's about selling soap. They want to shape the family. They want your family to have trouble. Then you'll need a lawyer. Then you'll be able to remarry and you can have a new venue for another marriage. They want you to live in tragedy because they're making money off our tragedy. Why don't we see that? Why don't, why don't we understand that? Oh, it frustrates me, can you tell? It seems that every show, and I even notice game shows now, they have to bring all kind of drama, a same-sex couple raising children, couples living together without marriage, being better than parents who are. In the TV programs, the religious couple who's trying to follow the biblical model, they'll be portrayed as buffoons. And in Hollywood, those parents that maybe are living together, the same-sex couple, they'll have it all together. And their children will be the best. Why? Because they're selling a soap. And they don't care that they're preaching immorality. Are we aware that our culture has become such an immoral place? Are we aware of that? And now they're telling us that morality doesn't matter. And anywhere you see the Bible saying something about morality, you just need to disregard that. It was just talking about way back then. And today in 2019, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, both can't be right. Either God's word is right or the culture's right. If God's word is right, you need to be here faithfully every Sunday. If the culture's right, none of us need to be here next week. It's a decision, it is. In the midst of Paul, and, and I want to tell you, the, I, I sometimes think the world's gotten worse, and I don't believe the world's gotten any worse. I believe it's always been rotten. I just really do. You know, go all the way back to Adam and Eve. The first time given an opportunity, we messed it up. We've been messing it up ever since. We just know more about it now. Sin separates us from Almighty God. That's what God's word. That's why Christ came. That's why we just celebrated Easter. Because Christ came to give us a chance, who are sinful people, a chance to live forever. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so when we sing, are you washed in the blood, we're asking this question. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you given him your all in all? Have you promised to live your life by his standards, by his example, by his teachings? And we say if you've done that and you claim his Lord and Savior, when you die, the preacher can stand before everybody and say, he or she's not here, they're in glory. And that's forever. And that's a real long time. That's forever. And that's a real long time. That's a real long time. Paul, in talking to young Timothy, he gives us some insights into the family faith, and I want to very quickly run over them. The first, he says, is don't forget your ancestors. Look at verse 3. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. Now, I, I want you to understand the key is a clear conscience. A clear conscience. How many of you, if I were to just call you by name right now, would invite you to come to this pulpit and put your hand on this Bible and say, with my hand to God, I'm telling you, I'm living my life exactly like God wants me to. You say, well, preacher, come on. Nobody's going to do that. You can't even do that, preacher. And you're right, I can't. But here's what I've got to tell us. If you're here today and you have a foggy conscience, not a clear conscience, you understand what I'm saying? A foggy conscience, not a clear conscience. You know what I found brings more clarity to our conscience than anything else? The Word of God. You know why we like to ignore the Word of God sometimes and not read it every day and not get involved? You've got a chance as families to take this, this guide that we've done of stories of folks that have written about how mission. You've got a chance, if you've never done anything else, you've got a chance one day a week or one day every day during the month of June to read with your family. And if that family is you by yourself, then you, you read it. If it's you and your wife, then you read it. If it's you and your husband, you read it. If it's your children. But you've got a chance to read that. Read the scripture that's there and pray. And it won't take you three minutes. Why are we doing 410? I'm glad you asked me. Because I'm trying, we're trying to create an opportunity for we as a family of faith and as individual families to go on mission with each other in our community. A, the community needs it, and B, we need to do it. And one of the things is the whole idea, I don't care about any project we do. I don't care about anything we accomplish or don't accomplish. The only thing I care about is will we encounter the living God as we go through the week of 410? Will we understand that he has given us grace and he's given us gifts and we're to use them to serve one another? And boy, if we can, if that light comes on, <laughs> if that light comes on, then praise God. Most of us, we model others. I, I was blessed with a godly mom and dad. My dad was a pastor. My mom played the piano as long as I can remember, taught Sunday school, taught everything. My grandparents were godly. I remember, I remember going to one summer. When grandmom and granddad, I thought, boy, this is because I'm a preacher's kid, you know. I mean, you know, I was at church every time. If the pest control people came, I ended up going to church to help them walk around and spray. You know what I'm saying? I was at church every time the doors were open. 
And I thought, I'm going to grandmom and granddaddy's, and I bet they're like all the rest of the folks at our church. I bet they only come on Sunday mornings, and not every Sunday morning. This is going to be a great summer. Talk about having your eyes open. Because granddaddy was in, he was a Sunday school teacher, and so was my grandmother. And they had workly, weekly worker meetings for their Sunday school teachers. They taught the Sunday school teachers how to teach Sunday school. That's a radical idea. And they went every Tuesday night, and I had to go. <laughs> we didn't go usually at my house on Tuesday nights, but we did with Grandma and Granddad. And now, well, we won't go on Wednesday. Well, we did go on Wednesday. We went to prayer meeting. I got into RAs. They went Sunday morning. If there was a breakfast, we were there. If there was a prayer meeting before church, we went. I think they were more faithful than my mom and dad. My dad was a preacher. They asked me if I wanted to go next summer. I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll take my chances at the house. I was blessed to have godly folks, and God used that to shape me and to mold me. And God has used godly folks in your family to shape you. But you can't stop with the family. You've still got to go to God's Word. You've still got to let the Holy Spirit do His work in you. And some of us just stop with the family. And that's not a family faith. That's a family fallacy. The family leads us to that place, but we, we grow that faith by seeking God. Did you hear how he introduced that? I'm an apostle by the will of God. You, my beloved child in Christ, our Lord, I thank God whom I serve. It's got to be a family faith. And then he says, I'm going to pass down a sincere faith. We talked about the difference between a, a, a clear conscience and a foggy conscience. How about a sincere faith versus an insincere faith? How about a sincere faith? The founder, Bill McCartney of Promise Keepers. I haven't heard about Promise Keepers in a while. I, I, I don't know if the ministry is still going. But for a long time, it was a powerful ministry. And its founder was Bill McCartney, who for years was a successful football coach, but football ruled his life. And he thought his legacy would be that he was a great coach. But one day, he came home and he realized while everything was fine on the field, it wasn't fine at home. You know, I'm going to meet you at the door. And I'm going to say, how you doing? You're going to say, fine. Is it? Is it? Is it? Here's what he said. He recognized he was neglecting his wife and his children. And here's his words. I was leaving behind a legacy of neglect. A legacy of neglect. Oh, oh sports writers would say he was great. But his children would not rise up and call him blessed. Who do you want to be your biggest fan? Your biggest influence? A sincere faith versus a counterfeit faith. There's all kind of counterfeit faiths in this world. Join the church and go occasionally and then live your life your own way. You choose whatever you want to do and whoever you want to influence you the most. And if you get in trouble, pray and expect God to come get you out. That's a counterfeit faith. 
That's a lie straight from hell. And if you're believing that, you're miserable in your walk with God because you have no walk with God. You just have a little spirituality in your own personal solo walk. You're a lone walk as you walk through life. Everyone except the very mean folks will go to heaven. That's a counterfeit faith. We know the big ones, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, New Age, Church of Scientology. We know the world religions, Judaism, Islam, Buddhist, Confucius, Hinduism. We know about agnostics and atheists who deny or doubt. But what about us? It brings me to the last point. If our sincere faith is one that we have decided, you know, it's going to be a terrible thing to climb the ladder to success and find it leaning against the wrong building. It's going to be a terrible thing to climb the ladder to success and find that it was leaning against a building you don't want to be on top of and look over across the way and see all the important things and realize you climbed the wrong ladder. Sincere faith. One who loves the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and body. And that comes to the house. I've told you this before. Let me tell it to you again. And I know my time is limited, but listen. If you expect the church to do all the spiritual stuff, if you expect me in a half hour on Sunday mornings to give you all you need to live in 2019, then I resign today. I'm done. Because I'm leading you straight to hell. Because I can't do it. I can't give you enough in a half. I don't have the ability. And I don't think you can replace me with someone who does. It's got to be daily, amen? It's got to be a daily walk. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him do what? Take up his cross when? Daily. Argue with Jesus, don't argue with me. Tell Jesus he missed it, not me. A sincere faith. How do you know, preacher? How do we know if it's sincere? It feels sincere. Sometimes it's really sincere. Sometimes I get really sincere. I love what he says in closing, fanning the flames of faith. Stir up that fire. In Boy Scouts, we used to be involved in what we call a Klondike Derby. Any Boy Scouts ever do that? Man, that was a ball. But one of our challenges, we'd go to different stations, do different things. One of them was to boil water with a one match lighting of the fire. You got one match and you had to light the fire. One match and you had to light the fire. You know what we found? You needed to prepare before you struck the match. You needed to get everything just right before you struck the match. You need to make sure the kindling was in the right place. You need to make sure there was enough air coming in. You need to know where that wind was. My goodness, did you need to know where that wind was blowing? How many matches are we on, are we on in our spiritual life? I remember singing as a kid, yeah, tell it like it is, that musical. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. 
once you've experienced it. It's fresh like spring. You want to sing. You want to pass it on. I wonder today. 1 Peter 4.10. Do you all know that verse by now? It says, as each of has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. A family faith is a gift from God. Moms and dads, it's your responsibility. How are things at your house? Are there embers or is there a roaring flame? Are you stirring it up? Does it need fanning? Does it need stirring? A family faith, that's God's plan. If we can strengthen ourselves, we can strengthen our family. Amen? Listen to that again. I know it's late. Stay with me. If we can strengthen ourselves spiritually, we can strengthen our families. Amen? If we can strengthen ourselves, if we can get right with God, if we can get our heart where it needs to be, if we can get our devotion where it needs to be, then we can strengthen our family. If we strengthen our family, then we can strengthen our church. Amen? If we strengthen our church, then we can strengthen the Deep River community. If we strengthen the Deep River community, we can strengthen the town of Sanford. If we can strengthen the town of Sanford, we can strengthen Lee County. If we strengthen Lee County, we might get the triangle. If we get the triangle, we might get the state. If we get the state, we might get the nation. If we get the nation, we'll get the world. But it only takes a spark get a fire going if that sparks in a well-prepared place are you ready a family faith a sincere faith a clear conscience fanning the flame blessed be the name of the Lord would you pray with me oh Lord you know the need of every heart and we're about to sing you paid it all help us not to sing that and not hear what we're singing. And not realize that's true. You paid it all. All to you we owe. Sin had left a dreadful stain. And you washed it white as snow. Heavenly Father. Oh, what would happen? What would happen if today I'd say, Gary, God, strengthen Gary. Oh, God, strengthen Gary. Strengthen him to be a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather, a better pastor, a better citizen, a better community person. Lord, let others see you in me and everything. Forgive me where I failed. Oh, God, if that was not foggy but clear, if that was not insincere but sincere, if I were to say, Lord, all this week, I want to stir the flame of what it means to follow you daily. I want to walk with you. I want your word to wash over me. I want to take all that I've been experiencing, and I want to test it all through your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, what a difference. Give me that faith. Make that my confession. And maybe, Lord, there's someone else here today who needs to make that confession. Who needs to make that commitment? Who needs to make that decision? Maybe there's somebody here who's never said, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. Today could be the day of salvation. 
Oh, Lord, you know the need of every heart. You know every decision. Every decision, Lord, as you have quietly spoken to us. That if we would make a decision not based on what I've said, but on what you, oh God, have said. How it would change. And I pray for change. I pray for your spirit to fall fresh. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to manifest itself in this place that it just permeates this community, this community. And Lord, I pray that someone here today will say, I'll be a spark. I'll be a spark. I'll allow you, oh God, to use me as I fan the flame into a roaring fire with a sincere faith with a clear conscience, with a founding faith passed on from our ancestors. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Our hymn of decision is page 100, oh, 30, what did I tell you to? Four, 134. 134. This morning, what's God said to you? And more importantly now, well, I don't say more importantly, but just as important. Is what will we say to God as we stand together and sing? Would you be seated for just a second? Noreen, come join me. I don't know how long. A year? You've been coming? Two years? Ten years? I can't remember. For a while. How about that? That's a good southern term. 
Noreen has been back here visiting with us, worshiping with us. And she comes today rededicating her life to her Lord and to her Savior and asking that uh, she become a member of our church by the promise of a letter from a sister church. Do I hear a motion that we receive her into our fellowship? I hear motions. And if you would join me in welcoming her, would you indicate that by saying amen? Amen. 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 We are excited. God is moving in your world and therefore moving in our world as a church family. And we want to welcome you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me at the door. And I know you'll want to come by and extend to her the right hand and the right hug of Christian fellowship as we welcome her Remember the prayer service at 6.30 this evening in the fellowship hall to pray for the people that God will be using what we have brought and what we will be bringing to do our 410 project. What a wonderful opportunity. That will be the third kind of prayer service we've had for 410. And I hope you're praying for it daily. And it is not too late for you to become involved. Uh, and boy, family, the more families can do, I believe God will honor and bless that in such a very special way. Thank you for being here on this day. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence as we might be his family people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, we leave here having heard your voice and challenged to live out our faith, our family faith, in a new way. Guide us and direct us in all that we do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. If you'll come. Jesus.